Hey people, welcome back to series three of Not Another Sales Podcast. My name is Chris Atfield. I'm the founder and coach of Sales Psyche, a company focused on supporting and developing sales and commercial teams, mental health, well-being, and performance. This podcast aims to look at the world of sales through a different lens, providing not just the tactics, but also the mindset of what makes it successful. This series, I'm asking guests, what's one thing they suggest you try, avoid, and keep doing to be successful? whether that's as a rep, leader, or organization. So let's get started. On today's episode, I'm joined by Caitlin Kelly and Coral Armstrong, both from Outreach. Caitlin is the manager of sales development there, and Coral is a corporate SDR. And I'm going to be asking them what's one thing they'd each introduce, throw, and keep for this year ahead. Some of the topics that come up from this conversation are utilizing sentiment reporting, so exploring the why behind the responses you're getting on email building authentic online presence, empowering people and playing to their strengths when it comes to prospecting in your team, and how to take care of your mindset and mental well-being, and also tackling toxic positivity. So sit back and enjoy. Caitlin and Coral, welcome. How are we doing? Doing well. Super excited to be here, Chris. Um, yeah, Coral. Good. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. You're welcome. Uh, for people who are tuning in, and it probably be very few people who don't know either of you, and um, it'd be great to give them some context and uh, an origin story on most of who you are. So, uh, Caitlin, let's start with you. Fantastic. So, hey, everyone. Super excited to be here on the podcast today. I am Caitlin Kelly. I am the manager of sales development over at Outreach, originally from the Seattle area and made the move over to London to help build out our EMEA region just over a year ago. So, Super excited to be here. Um, a little bit more about me is I did start out in the role as an SDR and kind of climbed through the ropes there. So got that firsthand experience um, with the team. And then also co-founder of SDRs Anonymous, which is a community for SDRs and SDR leaders to submit questions anonymously. And we have 30-minute um, sessions once a month, bringing in different leaders within the industry to share their insights and spread the knowledge throughout everyone. That is basically me from my end. Coral, how about an introduction from you? Thank you. Um, yeah, so I'm Coral. I'm on the Outreach London team. And um, so I've been with Outreach for about 10 months. And so I'm on the corporate side of things, um, which is great. Um, I've been in, I think I've been in London for a couple of years now, but obviously from my accent, you can tell that I'm from Northern Ireland. Um, and in terms of the outreach team, um, I, I think I was maybe number five or six um, in the London team. So it's been great to see it grow and kind of I can contribute to um, different wellbeing sessions that we run. So this is really top of mind for us at the minute um, in terms of kind of thinking about the mental wellbeing of everyone and different mindsets. Great. Well, thank you both again for joining me. I feel like I've had the, the full cast of out, outreach on nearly. I've had Tom, I've had Scott. Um, so looking forward. No, to- you've got the best too. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> best till last. So, <laughs> so looking forward to this. And um, as you mentioned there, uh, Coral, around uh, mental well-being and mental health, and also you know the sales side of thing. That's the the kind of main sort of premise around this podcast. And I've started, I suppose, positioning this question lately because um, I find it quite intriguing, particularly at the start of a new year, where people are sort of talking about particularly what went on last year and what is still going on. Like, what is something you can really focus on? What is something you can really, like, keep doing? Because I think there's a lot to be learned from what's happened over the last year, and we shouldn't just forget it. Um, and one thing to, to probably think about throwing away. So let's centre around that, and let's let's kick things off with, where should we start? I'll let you two pick. 
what what areas drawing you in to, to introduce to keep or to throw away so I would say from a managerial perspective, one thing that I'm super excited and passionate about for introducing as we kind of look ahead to this year is diving into sentiment reporting and really understanding what reply rates and click rates mean. That way we can really build that relationship better with our customers and pivot in the moment a lot quicker so that we are converting those leads from the top of the funnel um, all the way through the sales cycle there. So... Mm-hmm. I can give you um, a little bit more detail by within sentiment reporting. Um, I think for us, when we are kind of introducing that this year, it's really understanding the why behind the replies and the responses and where our messages are resonating with when we are prospecting. So whether that's within a sequencer or within an email, how can we pivot that to make sure that what we are um, putting out there and when we are A-B testing, it is resonating with the customers. And if we're seeing an uptick in a, a negative response or a positive response, we can understand these trends, coach in the moment, and be able to pivot more aggressively. That way that we're able to have an influence on those numbers when we are converting. Mm-hmm. And what would an example of that look like if someone's listening to this? Like, where's where's the first step for doing that? Yeah, so I think like the first step in when you're kind of looking into sentiment reporting and understanding it, it's creating out different buckets and then seeing where they are going to land there. So a, a great example of where we kind of did this is for us um, within outreach, we have it separated out by segment. And so when we go into different segments, not every segment is going to respond the same. So if, it, if we're prospecting into an emerging and then into corporate, the response is the positive response may be greater within emerging if we're using the same messages. So it's pivoting there. And then as you kind of dive into the sentiment, it's understanding like, okay, just because we got our reply in a sequence and it may be showing a 27% reply, when you actually unpack that reply, the replies could be negative responses. It could be, no, not interested, not the right person. And as you kind of peel back those layers, then you can pivot your messaging there. So if we were seeing a 27% reply rate in something, you know, the old way would be like, wow, that sequence is great. We're getting 27% replies. Now, taking it one step further within within sentiment, you can kind of understand where that reply is coming from. And you can see, okay, it is a positive one. This is landing. It's driving value up front. If you do notice that it's negative, then you would break it down from negative and kind of understand where the objections are coming from. Let's say an example is the objections, oh, we don't have budget for this. Fantastic. Now I understand, okay, this isn't creating enough sense of urgency because no one's going to have budget unless they see the value up front. So how can I peel back this so that I'm hitting the pains and creating that urgency for them so that they know the worst thing they can do is not anything. Mm. Yeah. I think to, okay. to add to that as well, it, it also helps. Um, like you say, some people might look at that and think it's a great response rate. It's perfect. But even if, for example, mm-hmm. all those responses are coming back with like initial positive responses, you've got to gauge what kind of, response that is because it, it stops you getting complacent and just thinking well that that sequence is sorted that approach is sorted we don't need to work on that we need to go over here and focus on it whereas you could make it a lot better just by diving into that kind of route or yeah de- yeah definitely um i think you like nailed it on the head there and then um on top of that from like the managerial perspective and if we were not only just pivot the messaging there to understand it but if I am seeing that maybe one of the SDRs is having is consistently getting budget objections, then you can lean into coaching in the moment there and help them kind of, how are you going to handle the budget objection? Where are we kind of missing it in the way that we are um, writing our emails or the way we are pitching on the phone? So it's kind of pe- peeling that back so that you do get that tailored um, coaching and then you can kind of make that adjustment. Mm-hmm. And what's your take on that, Coral? How have you found utilizing that? Yeah, I think it's really helpful because I think there's 
like there's nothing more frustrating than getting replies and you think it's going to be great and then figuring out well maybe they're not but you don't know the why behind it but having that sentiment analysis element also gives it kind of a human layer as well mm. because we can dig into the why behind their messaging and if there is trends and it's like it just makes like life as an SDR that like whole host easier yeah you can also dig into sometimes it's easier for people to think like it's, it's strange isn't it prospects think sometimes that they don't want to say no to us because they're going to hurt our feelings when we actually would rather <laughs> them do that so it's like sometimes people will come back because the email might not have been strong and the email is just a really simple ask that costs them nothing to reply but doesn't actually build any urgency or value or real of, or interest or move it forward at all so it's definitely mm-hmm. worth sort of looking into that that side of things what about from your perspective then uh coral we can we can stay on the sales team we can go anywhere this what's one thing that you would you would introduce this year or have um yeah so one thing i would introduce it kind of touches on caitlin's aspect as well is like a personal approach so i think the sentiment analysis really helps us drill into like the human layer of things and i think if i was to like tell anyone to introduce something it's like having that personal network because like as an SDR, it's great to get replies but you have to get there first and what i find is like building a building a personal network whether it be on linkedin or from different events or with other SDRs like it's it makes you seem like a human so like you're going to get those replies hopefully a bit more like Chris I'm not sure if I was a ghost on LinkedIn would you have reached out to me and like I don't know what the answer to that is but having that I don't really like the term personal brand but just like showing that you're a human on there and like it helps you connect with your prospects like outreach I think we're especially lucky we have what over four and a half thousand customers like being able to just reach out to them or other people in the network I think that's definitely something I'd introduce like building on that personal network and that personal brand on LinkedIn even if your friends do take the mic a little bit and which is quite common Um, but yeah I think that's what I'd introduce yeah and what is what's that looked like for you how have you like consciously focused on that uh, in recently or even when you initially started yeah well when I initially started so I was with a company called Funnel Fox when I initially started and I was the only SDR there so for me, going to events was so important because there's no one in my team and like I, I do like being in a team. So what I would have done is go to a lot of the different leadership events just to see what everyone's talking about and different um, SCR events as well. So maybe try to do two of those a week. But now as we've kind of moved virtual, even when we're reaching out to prospects, you know, we have a very multi-channel approach which works really well for us. And having that LinkedIn element as well and interacting with them on a level which is just human. Like if they've posted something that they're obviously interested in, instead of going at it like all guns blazing from a sales approach, I think it's, you know, it's helpful just to interact with them on a normal level and showing your interest in what they're saying and sharing some thoughts about, you know, what you care about or interesting things about like outreach. And and that's kind of, that's kind of what I use my LinkedIn for, I think. Mm. What's your take on that, Caitlin? I think that's huge. I think LinkedIn is underutilized and the more that you can kind of build that brand and network your way on there, especially from like an SCR standpoint, that's going to continue to grow with you as you kind of carve out your career in sales too. Um, So I think, yeah, the sooner that you do start doing it and getting comfortable with it, like in the SCR function, we're all using it for prospecting to find them. So that's where our prospects are. So you you should be sharing your wins too, any learnings that you have or any great um, knowledge. I think Coral's done a fantastic job on posting books and different things that she's been able to take away and implement into her workflows. 
And so being able to position yourself, you know, at that from a, cons- a consultative approach allows you to, you know, make yourself be the expert there and it builds that brand for you. So when you are networking, you are building out um, that brand. When people do feel like they do have the pain or the need, hopefully if you're doing this actively enough, they will think of you and they'll be like, oh, Coral's been talking about this. Let me reach out to her. She may have the solution. Mm. So it's just kind of being a resource for other people. What? I said, I don't know about expert, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You are an expert, Coral. (laughs) (laughs) So that is, I think it's extremely important. Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting, I think there's a big mindset mindset, uh, shift sometimes with going on there. Like like you say, it's it's a great tool for prospecting, but it's also a great space to learn. Um, Mm -hmm. And and sometimes you can get the blinkers on and just go on there and and excuse the horse pun as well, Coral, but um, (laughs) (laughs) um, you can go on there and just sort of be in that mode of, right, you know, anything anything I read or anything I do, I'm just going to think, how do I sell to this person? Whereas you can sort of switch it and think what can I learn from this and and what can I add Mm. without that kind of just that outcome that desired outcome of wanting an opportunity to a meeting from this because if it doesn't lead to that which Mm -hmm. from one comment you're not going to get a meeting you're going to give up after a while because you think well I'm doing all of this and this isn't happening well again similar to prospecting you're you're not focusing on the process you're focusing on the outcome too much Mm. yeah I think one thing I'd add there too especially for people that are listening because when you first start out, it's could be quite terrifying to put your thoughts out there, especially and post them on LinkedIn and build up that courage. And I think one of the the best ways to do it is you don't have to be telling people how to do it or your way and stuff. You could be sharing your learnings and knowledge and kind of where you're finding that resource. And I think that's a great way to start that out. So if you, you go to a great networking event and you walk away with a couple of takeaways, share your takeaways because other people are going to be curious about the same things as well. And so it's just continuing to spread that. Um, it's not about like posting, you know, 10 ways to convert a cold call because maybe as like three months into your role as an SDR, you want to be confident enough to do that. But maybe you attended a webinar and you're like, wow, this is an amazing webinar. Here's three things I took away from it. Mm. I found another a good thing that works is if you're not fully comfortable or confident yet enough to be posting is to at least be engaging with other people's content and sharing your insight and opinion because, you know, just from a... Yeah. Um, metric point of view of course if you get a lot of engagement on that that shoots to the top of a, of a post so you can piggyback off mm-hmm. someone else's exposure so even though you don't have the audience they can see your oh. comment as the top comment and then be like oh who's this person who's coral this is really insightful what she said then go down the rabbit hole and then kind of end up mm-hmm. on your page from that so it's a good way to to steal or piggyback mm-hmm. other people's presence on there i love that idea so if we move on to to keep now, and I'll start with you, Coral, because when, when we spoke initially before this, um, you know, I was talking about some of the challenges and you actually did a post about this after just talking about LinkedIn there, of, of, I which did, I really yeah. enjoyed of the, the kind of flip side of it. And I'm guessing it's probably going to come into the, the keep bucket. But what's one thing that you'd, you want to keep doing or encourage people to keep? And I suppose if not, introduce doing. Yeah, for sure. I think... The aspect that I want to keep a real focus on is the team focus. I think it's really easy in sales. I don't really love the term ICs, you know, an individual contributor, because if you think about it, we're all working towards the same common goal. So although we're SDRs and that looks like a very individualistic role, I think the team focus is so important. And that's something that I like it genuinely, I'd say 50% of why I love my job is because of the team I'm in. Um, obviously it's easy for me because we have a really amazing product and one we use like every day and 
you know that makes it enjoyable but actually the team aspect is something that I would like I'd want to keep and I think you actually had an interesting post on this lately Chris about was it like leaders aren't supposed to motivate you they're supposed to inspire the environment and I think that's that's where I believe like it's something so important because sales is really like it can be really hard but having a team that you can fall back on and like bounce off like that's a focus that I definitely want to keep going forward for this year because it's been a more difficult year but also just in general Mm. yeah that that post is around the idea that so I think some managers have this over expectation they need to constantly be motivating their team and the team have an expectation that they constantly need to be motivated by by their manager to be successful which of course if the manager's not there or the manager leaves then and you become too dependent on it and the manager then feels Mm -hmm. like I've got to do it every day to justify my role whereas if you create the environment you create a coaching space to help someone find their own motivation you know the the way I ended it is motivation is an inside job you're not always going to be motivated but that's okay but Mm -hmm. as long as you've kind of become more self-aware of what motivates you and how to get yourself into that headspace and that's important I think um I'd actually shout out Caitlin here because she is very good at this so obviously Caitlin's the most amazing leader but she actually inspires us all to take on our own elements so like so you're not all like just looking to Caitlin for things everyone has their own different element within the team that we all take you know we all lead on and then you know you become the expert I suppose in that aspect in our team so if you look like examples of you know MQLs like that would be like one of our colleagues Katie Miles and like Mm -hmm. I do some things around like well-being and then you've got Brad who's our Mr Motivator in the mornings you know giving everyone that responsibility I think like inspires that team environment and takes the pressure off leadership I imagine a bit as well. Mm -hmm. From your perspective then Caitlin is that something you've you've always done consciously or is it something that you've you've learned over over time? Um, I'm going to say learned over time. So in previous management roles, um, definitely what have made the mistakes where it was kind of more of like, it's a lot more of the, um, it's called S2. So situational leadership, there's four different types of it. And so one of the major shifts that I had when I got into management within tech sales, because prior to this, I was in the fashion industry, I would say the way I used to manage would be, okay, here's how, do it my way, basically, and this is how we do it, do it my way, which is essentially one of the worst ways you can do it. It's the quickest way to do it, and you are teaching, but it's really pulling out all that, all the creativity. You're not allowing people to actually excel and kind of find their superpower. So one of the biggest shifts that I've had and what I make put a major focus on is S3 style, which, so an S3 style is let me help you do it your way and let me understand your processes so that you can be successful your way and we can all achieve the results together. Um, One of the things that I was actually going to touch base on here in regards to keep doing, it was, mine was on the importance of the team and leaning in. There's this word when COVID went into effect last spring, it was empathy and everyone probably wants to cringe right now because they're so done with it. (laughs) But I think that is kind of one of the beautiful things that came out of this whole shift to the remote environment and every kind of going through the pandemic with the team, everyone has had to lean in on each other. And it's more important than ever to like take that moment to take a step, step back, make sure that everyone is putting themselves first. Cause if they're not showing up them, their best selves, then that's just going to cause kind of a ripple effect throughout the entire team. And then we wouldn't be able to achieve the results that we are looking to do. Mm. Um, 
So that was kind of one of my things that I was going to lean into on that. And then what Coral was talking about is having, there's this book that I read recently um, when I first stepped into the team leader role about a year ago, it's called Teams of Teams. And it's allowing people to basically become disciples and what their strengths are and what they're passionate about. It gets them invested into the team in ownership. And then they do become the expert into it. And then that's how you're able to scale and grow your teams at a, a rapid rate. Mm-hmm. Great, great. And, and it's so nice to hear, obviously, both aligned and, and talking about that. And it's, and it's good and it's good to share that, of course, it's not, you know, and you sharing that, Caitlin, I think is important yeah. because going back to the, the peaks before, I think sometimes people mm-hmm. in sales get put off from leadership roles because they think, oh, you know, maybe I'm not confident enough. Maybe I, I can't lead. And going back to the motivational piece, maybe I'm not the loudest person in the room. So maybe I'm not going to become a great leader. But I think with that, it's it's about empowering other people around you isn't it and and it's not scalable when, when you were talking about the example before of constantly mm-hmm. feeling like I'll, I'll do it for you this is how you should do it is because the beauty of sales there's so many different ways and so many different personalities that mm-hmm. there isn't one size fits all for for that yeah definitely I think um one of the other things that I love is um, Tom had told me this when I very first started out and he's like the best manager is the one that does none so if you're constant, if I was constantly talking about my successes and everything I'm doing, then I need to take a step back and reflect on how I'm managing my team. I should be talking about the successes of my team and everything they are doing and helping them get there. Um, I, yeah, the manager, I, I believe the manager should not be the one in the, the spotlight. You should always be mm. helping your team reach their successes. Yeah, definitely. So, definitely. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned earlier, Coral, about you being the person, the go-to person around mental well-being. What what are some of the things that you've, what's the, what's the reason behind that first one? And, and what are some of the things you've done to, to support this, this team culture with that? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think, so one of the ones that we did was like a financial well-being one. Um, so um, in outreach, we were all quite lucky to be quite successful in our role. Um, and, you know, with that, it's like we, to get some more resources for the SDRs. And so that was one element where we, brought in different speakers and like just educated the team and actually we did one today um our february well-being is all about just mental well-being and that's just opening up the conversation around how we're feeling in terms of stress because sales is you know it's quite stressful as a role itself no matter what company you're in but also like the external factors of remote working and opening up that conversation i think is really important and you know an action we kind of took from it today um, was everyone give five or ten minute um, actionable items that you can implement as soon if you're feeling in that peak of stress where you just like you just can't get out of it if we as a team could have like 10 or 15 different actionable stress like stress relievers I suppose and that we could do in that moment I thought that would be quite helpful so we all actually had such a nice chat and even on SAC we were all talking it's so nice to open up the conversation about it and so in terms of well-being, you know, Outreach provides us with so many resources as well. And um, but sometimes it's nice to just drill that down into the London team. Um so that's that's kind of around what we've been doing um, mm-hmm. at the minute. And what were some of the things that you that you shared are good stress relievers? I use I use the analogy, it's a bit like, you know, if your if a, a barrel is filling up with water, if it gets to the top, it will flood. But if you've got these little taps like mm-hmm. these stress relievers, then that's the that's oh, the biggest that. thing there. Um, to kind of like relieve some of that so what are some of your taps if we keep that analogy 
Um, yeah, so a couple of mine where we all have been provided with like the calm up or headspace. And there's one segment that I really love on it. LeBron James does a segment on it. And there's one called Managing Emotions, which is like six or seven minutes. Just listening to that, for me, kind of puts things back in perspective. Um, and the other, my other kind of actionable item, and this is when it gets really stressful, Chris, that I have to stop. So we would, like, I tend to write down the three things that I'm proud of that day. Uh-huh. So it doesn't even have to be work-related stress. Like, even if you're stressed, like, if I was stressed in the evening about whatever, you know, just taking five minutes and writing down three things that you're proud of that day or that week. It's just helps me gain perspective. So those are my two actionable items. Mm. What about yourself, Caitlin? Have you got anything that you consciously do to, to manage your, your, your mental health and wellbeing? Yes, I've got a ton of things. <laughs> I do. I'm quite high, high strung person. So we've been uh, exploring <laughs> this a lot. Um, no. So if I'm feeling stressed, I think it's amazing to me what exercise can do, whether that's like a simple walk. And even if it's just like stepping away for five minutes to get some fresh air, a simple walk, or for me, my go-to is um, spin class. So if gyms were open, it would be a soul cycle or one rebel um, or boxing, but now I'll jump onto the Peloton, get some exercise in. That is something that is, I honestly am like a different human. If, if I'm not working out, I will notice it. If I miss like three or four days, then I'll feel it. So that mm-hmm. is kind of how I, I manage the stress. I think if I'm consistently making sure I'm getting exercise, if it's just a day where it feels like everything's kind of going wrong. Um, I think it's just really focusing on your breathing and just taking like five seconds, like, okay, let's just take a couple breaths. Let's get a strategy in place. Let's think it through. And then you're just back ready to kind of tackle it again. It's just taking that moment to, I guess, step outside or take a second to reevaluate mm. are the biggest things. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's an exercise I do called clearing the space that touches mm. on both of the things you talked about there, the steps and notice it, name it, neutralize it. Um, and the first thing is like noticing the emotions, noticing the things, because we don't often notice we're stressed until we're stressed or anxious until we're anxious. Mm-hmm. And by mm-hmm. then we're kind of in the spiral. So it's like paying attention to what your triggers are when you start feeling yourself going in that way. And then, and then naming it and writing it down to your point, Coral, I think writing things down is powerful as well, because it detaches mm-hmm. this like amygdala in our brain is like our smoke alarm and it goes off. We can't think straight. So when you write something down, you can look at it more logically. Mm-hmm. It's, it's why we're often so good at giving advice to other people in our own personal life, but we're terrible <laughs> at taking our own is because we're so attached to it emotionally um, around now. And I think gratitude is such a powerful thing, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. particularly now, you know, you can constantly think I'm not, I'm not doing well with this. I haven't got this. Like I'm not able to go out and not be able to be in the office, but there are a lot of things to be, to be grateful for. And it's just important to remind yourself of that. Definitely. Yeah. So if we move over to the, the, the final bit and this throwing away or stop doing, uh, let's start with Caitlin. Let's start with you. What's, mm. what's one thing that you, you either have stopped doing or would encourage other people to stop doing? Yeah. So I think like the biggest thing to stop doing is being so focused on outputs. So, you know, like the KPIs and like the dials, like smile and dial, just do more dials. It's a number game. You'll get the results you want. Just do more and more and more. Um, I think that is the biggest thing where we can probably pivot and stop focusing on that. If we were focusing on the outcomes and what we're looking to achieve and then peeling back the layers and kind of understanding, okay, you know, if I'm looking to get here by the end of the month and my current call conversion rates are sitting at, you know, 15%, how many conversations do I actually need to have? 
and you can kind of peel it back. And then one of the reasons why I think this is so important is you can't just mask KPIs for an entire team. Everyone's going to have different workflows. They're going to have different superpowers. And I think Coral's a mm. really great example of this. Um, she'd be what we would be called a sniper <laughs> within our org. Um, so one, I'd mentioned it earlier, like her email personalization and kind of how she like leads the team with all that. So for her, it may make more sense for her to lean into the emails rather than, and focus her energy on that rather than having her focusing on, you know, 80 dials a day if that's not where she's converting. So it's really understanding each rep at their individual level and then focusing on those outcomes and where you can lean in to drive the results that you are rather than looking at the outputs. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, what are the other specialities other than sniper? So I think the sniper one is like the named one. Um, the other one would be like someone who is just like can blast the phones. Like they're just so good on converting on the phone. So and when I think of someone on our team um, within that aspect, we've got quite a few that are fantastic at it and just pick up the phone and just are willing to have that conversation. So um, that would be another one that we go into. Um, I think Annie Pattinson is a great example of someone leaning into like video prospecting and the mm -hmm. results that she's able to drive into that. And so, you know, when you look at someone's day and they only have about seven or eight hours to execute a role, if they can execute their time on the ones where they're getting their highest conversions, that's what would make the most sense rather than, you know, it wouldn't make sense for me to say, all right, everyone has to do this, this, and this. It's more mm -hmm. taking a tailored approach once they get that, the workflows built out and understanding the conversion rates to achieve the outcomes. Yeah. And it links to what they're passionate about, doesn't it, as well, with those different areas, which yeah. means you're more likely to, when you're recognized to be seen as, oh, actually, uh, you recognize I'm good at this, I'm more likely mm -hmm. to then be yeah. like focused and excited to do it rather than thinking, well, you know, I'm not great. At, I'm not saying you shouldn't do a bit of everything, but um, yeah. I think it is important to, to realize and also get people to realize that them in themselves. So to, on that mm -hmm. point, Coral, was it something that you were always aware of? Are you thinking, actually, I'm quite good with this or... Was, was it something that Caitlin talked to you about and you worked on and it became the sniper? Um, I think I quite like, I personally quite like relationship building. So when it comes to the sniper approach, I love to like look at a account as a whole rather than like ringing a certain amount of people. So I like to focus on an account level um, and outreach is obviously great to help us to do that um, from like an ABM perspective. And so, yeah, I think it is, it is conscious, but I think you also do what works for you. So if Caitlin asked me to go and make 200 dials, I don't know if I could, but um, I think it's, it's definitely what works for you is then what you get channeled in for and just personalization on email and kind of having that more like targeted approach just to seem to work so far for me. Mm. And I suppose it's hard to give tips on this because personalization is different by email, but yeah. What are one or two things that you, you'd advise people to, to focus on to, to get better at that? Um, yeah, so I think one tip that I've actually picked up quite recently is making it so personalized to them that if anyone else was to read that, it wouldn't really make sense. So obviously in an email, you have your value props and everything that Outreach can do for that specific company. But you know, at the top, you obviously have that introduction where you're trying to create a bit of rapport. And one thing that's worked so far for us is having a subject line that can only make sense to that one person. So like if I was to send an email to Caitlin right now, like it'd be like another two months in Mexico. Like Chris, if I sent that email subject line to you, you'd have absolutely 
you probably wouldn't open it but then Caitlin reads it and she's like what's happening so I think just doing that extra bit of digging on your prospect and and having like a subject line that really makes sense to them uh is maybe one takeaway Mm. from that yeah great and then if we switch over to your thing that you throw away um this year what's what would that be as a general life rule something I'd encourage people to throw away is over positivity or toxic positivity um, which is a bit obscure, but it was shared with me by one of my friends. Um, and basically what it's saying is that anything done in excess, even positivity, can become toxic. Um, so sales is, you know, you can get bogged on in the rejection of sales. Or I think we can overcompensate and try to be positive about absolutely everything. But what it's saying is by pretending that you're positive all day, every day, you're denying the validity of um, a genuine feeling. So... You know, especially for me, if I'm feeling down on something, then you get a build up of that of negative emotions. And we need to verbalize that. So then personally, I think then when you verbalize it, then you can move on. And so a good example that I've read quite recently, like a toxic positive statement would be failure is not an option. But then if you flip that to be more like what I call a realistic positive statement is failure is part of success and growth. So I thought that was quite an interesting concept. So definitely something that I'd encourage everyone to throw away is toxic positivity. Great, great. Well, thank you both for, for joining me on episode today. It's been a real pleasure having you on um, and uh, and looking forward to, to seeing more of what you're sharing on, on LinkedIn as well, both of you. <laughs> yeah, thank you for having us. us. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. And for, for people who do want to connect or reach out to you or, or find out a bit more about outreach where's the best place to go I'll start with you Caitlin yeah so best way to connect with me is via LinkedIn um, always on there so yeah drop me a, a connection request or even a message would love to connect with everyone great and Coral yeah much the same for me just connect with me on LinkedIn um, I probably have less connection requests coming in than Caitlin but uh, Coral Armstrong is my LinkedIn handle Perfect. Well, thank you both again. And for listeners, thanks for tuning in to another episode. I will catch you again soon. Hey, people. Thanks for tuning in. If you want more of this content, then head over to our website, salespsyche.co.uk. Psyche is P-S-Y-C-H-E. And sign up for our self-talk newsletter. Plus, we also run another podcast, Master Brilliance and Resilience. And you can also find me on LinkedIn. Always happy to chat. But for now, stay mindful. Catch you soon.